Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you've reached the uh, Chud Show here. We're sorry about the technical difficulties. I don't have my switchboard right now, but we are live. I'll be able to get to callers in just a second as soon as the Internet is restored. Um, let's see if I can get it to work. It just, let me just see if I can get this. Okay. All right, I am back. Um, hold on a second. I, I'm on a live show. All right. So anyway... Um, sorry about that, folks. We uh, at, at 11:30, after the internet working perfectly here, it died. So it's just typical fucking bullshit. Anyway, I'm here, and I've got Justin on the phone. Let me pull him in. Justin, you there? I'm here. All right. Are you eating and stuffing your face? Have a lunch. Is it delightful? No, it's not that good. It's okay. I'm here. I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to blog talk. How are you, Justin? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. We're going, we're going to Vegas together. That's right. We are, Central Gentlemen. It's going to be good. We're going to have Celine Dion. Yeah, I didn't get that memo because that changes everything. What are you talking about? I thought it was your lifelong dream. I wanted to see her, but under me. Hello? Yeah. Um, she didn't actually put out a new brand of mustard. She lent her name to it. Yeah, Celine Dijon. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm extremely Celine Dijon. Celine Dijon, did you hear my joke? I'm starting things off awesome. On blog talk, I'm starting things off awesome. So, you know, you know, it's funny. People ask me, hey, you guys are going to Vegas. Um, which Vegas movie is your trip going to be the most like? Is it going to be like The Hangover? Or is it going to be like Honeymoon in Vegas? And I, and I have to tell them, no, it's not going to be like either of those two movies. Do you agree? I don't think it'll be like that. I don't think, think it'll be like either. What other movie? Will, will, like, will it be like The Cooler? No. Will it be like... He said, "Leaving Las Vegas will be like that. Maybe for Will, well, no, no, that would be tough. Uh, what maybe if, it'll be like heart. Maybe, maybe it'll be like Heart Eight. Does that take place in Vegas? I thought it was uh, off off of the beaten path. Remember no, it might take place. It might take place in Reno. I'm not sure. It's either Vegas or Reno. It might be Reno. Yeah, I, and and I, I mean honestly, I think I think the, probably the best parallel. Um, for what our Vegas experience is going to be like, can be summed up with uh, a lesser-known movie. I think you'll agree. Human Centipede? <laughs> no. I think it's going to be a little bit like Milo and Otis. <laughs> Man, I hope. Now, Jesus will be... Caesar will be playing the part of Angry Farmer. <laughs> Speaking of Human Centipede, by the way, I didn't know this, but does, is, that, is it based on the Atari game? It is. Absolutely is. So it's 
Atari sold us the rights, and they're like, well, I hope, hope this turns out great. <laughs> uh, all I know is that property, it, you know? it's not it's not in 3D, but when you sit down in the theater, they put a trackball in your lap. <laughs> Human I, I, always, I always wondered what that little thing shooting was, a little... Um, that little blob that shot at the centipede. Now I realize it, it represents surgery. <laughs> Atari. It's one of it's one of Atari's uh, big metaphor inspired game series that they released in the eighties. Millipede was actually uh, with their dead ringers. Yeah. Now are you gonna go see Human Centipede next? No. No, I will not. Unless, 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 uh, unless it comes to Atlanta. It'll come here. It, I don't have a great desire, but I keep hearing such, like, great things about it that I'm starting to get intrigued. I guess. Yeah, I watched the, the clip I watched from it was Derek. That clip you know, like, show with the, with the, it was horrible. It was, it was arch. And I'm sure that, you know, people will argue and say that's the, uh, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. You see, it's, 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 a, it's a satire of horror films. Well, they said that the bad guy's pretty good. They said that he doesn't... No, I've got probably seen it. I mean, I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse, obviously. Yeah. I think, we, I think we've, we've spent a lot of time seeing a lot worse. Oh, there's no doubt we've seen worse. I, I guarantee it. you think it'll be worse than... I'm sorry, do you think it'll be better than Ghost Story? It has a chance to have the same tone, I think, as Ghost Story. Another, hey, another Vegas movie's Go. Didn't they go to Vegas and Go? Yes, they do. Um, Actually, I think we're, I think our Vegas experience is going to be pretty much as ex- it's going to be like Cocoon, basically, a bunch of boring old guys fucking <laughs> taking a dip in the pool together and a couple of rocks in the pool. Did they ever film a movie in a casino, at McDonald's? That'll be like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so well, I wanted to bring up. I know that you want, I know you wanted to talk about a couple of things, but I wanted to bring up something real quick. If that's okay, I know you're bring it. People just put out the fifty most. I guess this most beautiful issue. You know what I'm talking about? It's it's like you know, tell you know, like it, it basically every year they say Clooney's hot, Julie Roberts is beautiful, that kind of thing. They they list like the most Beautiful people that really are connected. You know, most of them are actors and actresses. Um, okay, so where did Charlie Schlatter fill in? He didn't get it. I don't. He he must have been in it before because he is a beautiful specimen. But I think he's nearing forty or in his forties, so he doesn't. You know, he has no career. All right, let's let's um, hear. I'm like, this is exciting. So, so anyway, they have a section of it. I was like, I was flipping through it at my aunt with my sister. You know, we were going through it. They have a section called "When Do You Feel Your Most." pretty, like your prettiest or your most beautiful. And they had all the celebrities, like they had uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal say, I, I feel my most, like, special when I get a home-cooked meal. And, uh, you know, things like that. Like, you know, I feel pretty when all sorts of things. But anyway, they had Bradley Cooper, and his he said he felt his most uh, beautiful, he said, when he's with his dad. That's kind of cute. So it was odd, Nick. 
thought it was a strange likes, thing. He likes hanging with Mr. Cooper. Well, if, if he if he feels like the only thing I could think of is that he was trying to give a shit, like shout out to his dad. He loves his dad, and it came off weird. Or is he saying that his dad's so ugly that when he's around him, that's when he feels like the pinnacle of his handsomeness? You know. <laughs> I haven't seen his dad, though. I mean, his dad's got some Bradley, got the Cooper jeans. I imagine he's a good-looking man, but you never know. He could look ragged. When I'm with my dad, I feel so pretty. What do you... Now, I don't have the list in front of me. Yeah. But I'm I'm anxious to hear who who else is on the list, or who would you put on the list? The person that struck me as odd being on the list is Kelly Osbourne. I don't find her beautiful, but, like, I think that she kind of got a lot of goodwill, kind of lost some weight, was on Dance with the Stars. People liked her, they rooted for her. They rooted for her right into the 50s most, the people's most beautiful people issue. She's descended yeah. from Ozzy Osbourne. She, she, that disqualifies her, I think. I think that's literally what her conception was like. She descended from Ozzy Osbourne. Like, but there wasn't. Maybe, there was no. There was, there was no sex act or birthing process. Maybe she came out of his head like his like like Zeus and Athena, right? Yeah, I mean, she just she fell out of Ozzy. I mean, she she fucking she fell hard out of Ozzy. I believe it. And like he had a bender one night, and he he looked at he looked at the bed next to him, and he said, "Holy shit!" He saw Sharon. He's like, "Oh, oh!" So he cut out. He cut out of there. And then yeah, went to, he was at he was at a, he was at a fucking bus stop and his head hurt, and it fucking Kelly descended. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna give this this I'm gonna give this girl a majestic name, a name, a name with so much history attached to it. Kelly. Kelly. We call her Kelly. Doesn't he have, a, doesn't he have like a little shit son too? Those he does. Jack. Right? Yeah. Jack. Yeah. Jack. Is he kind of a nerdy, punky kid? Yeah, I think, like, I think... It's kind of like... It's kind of like who Clark Gregg is playing in every movie. Yeah, both of them kind of were known for being like these kind of hysterical kids on the Osborne show and, and uh, overweight and kind of spoiled. But they've cleaned up their act. They've lost weight. They've gotten kind of... Um, they have shows in England, I believe. Isn't that funny how, like... You know, so many people come out of the gate fat as fat and funny, and then they lose weight and and become sexy, and people are just just so behind them because they 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 did the impossible. They did the thing that I mean, they really committed, and they got it's hard them. to lose weight. It's hard to lose weight. I speak from experience. I'm a fat man, chubby, chunky, and a chunky. I look a little bit like Kelly Osbourne. Or brown hair. Kid, you know? What about the kid from Varsity Blues? Remember um, that? He showed oh, up. That guy. He showed up about you know he came he he was like I don't know I don't know how the Brits say it I think he was like about seventy nine hundred stone. Yeah. And then he, uh, he he got his shit stapled and he got all fucking somebody went in there with a roto rooter and cleaned him out and kicked some of his lard out. Left in a different room, and he and he came he on. He's like, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! I've lost weight. Hire me! Hire me for a million movies." Is he fit? Is he, did he turn into Kip Bardot? 
No. No. But he, but but he's uh, he looks you know he looks he looks like like a regular Joe, and uh, he's the only one that kind of didn't get that treatment. Yeah. Some comedians like some like I mean you've seen you've seen comedians thin up, guys who are funny because they were fat and they thin up and it's like hey, who are you? Yeah, who, like like, who? like Chris Farley. No, Chris Farley just passed away. That's yeah. trying to make it. So, uh, I, love Chris, I love Chris Farley. I, I, I thought he was great. I love him, but I tell you, I don't think he would be. I, I mean, I don't want it. I don't. I'm sad he died, and he shouldn't have died. But can you imagine the kind of movies he'd be making now? I can't imagine he would be. Yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, it's funny he was wearing. He would just be working with Sandler all the time. I mean, that's what's cool about Sandler. You know, no one really likes his movies, I guess. But he always works with his buddies, always, and. Yeah, at least yeah. It's, at least you know it has to be fun to make those movies, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he was he was the, the Chris Farley thing was kind of wearing down even when he was I mean when he was alive. It was like maybe movie. I mean he I mean he he was still pretty famous and making movies. And I think that they said in that movie that Sandler has coming out with all his like Chris Chris Rock and and Dan, um right uh, I about. all those guys. They said that Kevin James has kind of played the Chris Farley role in that. He kind of stepped down. And let's face it, Kevin James is no Chris Farley. No, he's really not. You'll probably defend Kevin James because you, you kind of... You kind uh, of I can't uh, defend... The only reason I defend him is because cause I liked him on... Because, uh, uh, you know, he's on The King of Queens, which I don't watch, but I like it because it's connected to everybody loves Raymond, which I love. Like, completely not ironically love. I love it. I love that 70s show. I'll admit it. Yeah, I'm not your friend with the greatest taste. You know that. I just don't know what that happened. Would be- I don't know what happened, Justin. I mean, I opened my heart. I opened my heart to entertainment. Is what happened. You needed to try it sometimes. I did. That's how. And luckily, there's shows like Treme for that purpose. Yeah, well, one of my favorite shows is The Wire, so, you know, I got room. I think Tremaine is the best show out there right now. I haven't watched it yet. I've recorded it. I haven't watched it. Well, you need to to stop watching Three and a Half Men for about 20 minutes. Can't. I I haven't watched Justified, which I think we talked about, and I really like that. It's good. It's good. But the problem is I'm waiting to watch Tremaine with my wife, and she's unavailable to watch hour-long dramas usually. Well, you need to. That's another thing you need to not do is wait for your wife. I'm catching up on Breaking Bad season two. Very good. Right now, Breaking Bad is excellent. Yeah. Um, it's not as good as Breaking Dawn. That's what poor Twilight felt, right? I think it. I think it is. Isn't it directed by Condon? Is official on that, right, Bill Condon? He's doing one of them, right? Yeah. You like Bill Condon, right? I love Bill Conti. Yeah, until, so until he did the Twilight Zone, Twilight movie. No. Well, I know. That's a, he, did he direct Nine? No, no. Who directed Nine? I think it was uh, the other guy, the Chicago guy. I mean, yeah, the uh, the guy that's doing the Pirates movie. Yeah, what's his name? What's his name? Bill Marshall or what is it? What's his damn name? Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall, right. 
Did did Condon do Gods and Monsters? Yes. Okay. Never mind. He's great. So what do you want to talk about? I'm sorry, I kind of monopolized the conversation. Well, no, that's that's fine. You have every right. You're you're you're. This is a uh, this is not this is not a uh, dictatorship. This is a democracy. I wish I can get some that seventy show love if, if if a caller comes in, you know, calls in. I wish I could get a witness on that. I don't think you're gonna. I mean, they might do just you know a kiss up. That's on. my one request. If nothing else, is that is that the show that brought Ashton Kutcher into the world? It is. Yeah, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but he's funny on that show. He plays uh, Michael Kelso in that show. The very dumb Michael Kelso. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> There's two things I wanted to kind of go over. First of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Halo beta that launched yesterday, which I've yep. played a decent amount. I also want to talk about best movies of the year so far. Okay. Because I rewatched um, a couple of films recently, and um, it, it's, I mean, obviously, it's the wrong time of year to, to expect to have gotten anything great. There's, I, I know that there's those movies out there that people are saying they're really, really great, uh, like uh, A Prophet, which I have not yet seen. I missed two screens of that thing, but uh, I'm sure that's going to be really great. What's one? Uh, a Prophet, the foreign film about the... Uh, uh, criminal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Hubble yet, which I've heard is really Hubble, Hubble 3D. I've heard that's really, really special. Um, but I have seen a lot of things. And you know, it's funny. It's like I keep going back. It's not my favorite movie of the year, but I, I recently got the DVD screener and I've been watching it. And I'll tell you, like, Daybreakers. I love it. I love it. I love, I love it. it. Is it different on DVD? Is it expanded? It's a smaller screen. Do they break more day on it? I mean, <laughs> it's more, not, more it's William Defoe. There's a feature-length um, making of, which is pretty good. Is there? Um, there's uh, there's commentaries, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I really like those guys. I mean, like the um, the two brothers that do the movies. They um, I love I love how their uh, their their approach to filmmaking is very refreshing because they, they they obviously are forced to be creative because of budgetary constraints but they're also very gifted effects people so yeah. you find out how much of that movie basically was put together uh, like they basically they were in editing and they didn't have money as a matter of fact they were over budget during the shoot so they were docked their pay until the end of the shoot. Um, but after the movie was done, they were in editing and they were doing all the scoring and doing everything. And these guys kept realizing how how much work it needed and how much stuff. So they would devote their and all of their time to doing effect shots. So like all of the cityscapes and the really cool like digital effects uh, of the eyes and all that. Basically, that was all done by the directors during post on their computers because nobody else was you know, there was no budget and it wasn't it wasn't there. So they basically helped shape it down to the wire. And I know the film wasn't a hit, and I know that it was delayed a long time. But uh, and, and and it's not perfect, you know. It's 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 not, you know. It's, it's definitely like one of those films that people that are fans of it fill in some of the blanks to make it a little bit easier to get behind. But it's pretty impressive what they pulled off. Now they did a lot of the work on their computers. Were they inspired by Carrie Conran? <laughs> I was waiting. I captain. Huh? 
They took the Kerry Counter approach. They were inspired by his box office numbers. Kind of like, you know, barely talk to the actors, but then get in front of the computer and let the magic happen. You know, with Kerry Connor as one, yeah. you know. What's he up to lately, old Kerry Connor? I don't know. I'm sure he's going to um, come that's, that's awesome. The look of that film was a very big part of it, you have to say. So if they if they pulled that out of uh, their butts and pose, that's, that's good work. Well, I mean, it really looked sharp. They had a good, they had a good cast, obviously, and that's one of the other things that's heavily, uh, you know, I think they weren't expecting to get, you know, the people that they got, and I think it was Ethan Hawke signed on first, and he's really good in the movie. Yeah, he's uh, it's a, it's a good role for him too. Playing kind of a nice uh, guy, and uh, well, he plays he plays a hero, a heroic vampire. That can be. He plays a he plays a biter that's tired of biting, right? Something like that, I mean, and he's a scientist. I mean, he's he's uh, he's trying to make the world a better place, and and you know, ruthless Sam Neil is up to those Sam Neil things that he's been known to do. I know, but uh, Will Defoe, I mean, like those all those guys in the interviews, they obviously aren't horror fans. They they make it painfully obvious in the way that they answer their questions. They definitely, they're definitely, they definitely look down their nose a little bit at horror, which is a which is a fault of theirs. But. The director? All, all the actors, all the guys. I mean, they're all kind of like, they make a point to say that they're not Like, I think, I think Sam Neill is really, I think his performance is excellent, but I think it kind of falls apart at the end. I'm sorry, I get ripped apart at the end. What am I, wait. Does he survive? I can't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Did he live? Is there a post-credit sequence with his, like, shoulders and foot? I couldn't tell. I didn't say. The way I understand, his left index finger knuckle retired in a peaceful community somewhere. There's a lot of def- there's a lot of ruining in that movie. It's great. Yeah. Hey, you know, you remember that one vampire that's in the house, the little little creature with the wings that's like hanging out in the house when they show up. Mm-hmm. The actor who played him is actually creepier looking. Yeah, they have that. That's the scene they kind of showed when they were selling the film on talk shows. They'd always show that sequence because it's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's 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 definitely in my top five of the year so far, which is going to change obviously. But but I'm looking yeah, at the, a lot of year to go. But that, that was a fun movie. Actually, it's funny that it must have come out right at the start of the year because it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, but but I'm looking at the rest of the year. And, and, and trying to whittle it down. Like, I mean, Shutter Island's on there somewhere for me. Um, uh, I would say Kick-Ass is somewhere on there. I'd say Green Zone is somewhere on there. Yeah. But everything, I mean, like, I've got, like, then, then it's stuff like Book of Eli that I've got to consider. Yeah, which I haven't seen that. moment. But it's seriously flawed. And then, and you know, I mean, I I enjoyed movies like Clash of the Titans or Wolfman or whatever to some extent, but and the crazies, they're all just it's just like ugh. Yeah, well, you put you you have no, you're forced to put movies into consideration because there hasn't been a lot out yet, really. But yeah. um, I, I put Mother up there. I like Mother a lot. That came out this year. I think it came out last year overseas. But yeah, it came out. Yeah, that was excellent. I thought. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a caller in just a second. Uh, I did see Oceans this weekend. Oh, what what do you think? 
Honestly, I was a little disappointed. I, those movies are probably like are just about my favorite thing in the world, like Planet Earth, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it didn't deliver as much as I, I. I really was surprised they didn't go into the deep sea stuff because I thought that was totally the perfect opportunity for them. There's actually there was actually a couple of points in the narrative where I thought they were just taking us there, and they never did. And that's to me the most exciting stuff in the world and the cosmos. And they didn't really they didn't really go in there, but. And there's a little bit, like, they put, they push a little bit hard sometimes with the eco message, and, and I understand that it's necessary, and the amount of people that were involved in making the film, there's a lot of good good causes and all that. But uh, it would have been pretty good. Pierce Brosnan's there, there's, up now. Are about Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, he was good. He was good. All right, let's see, let's see who this caller is. Hello, mister from the 850. Who is this? Hey, how's it going, Nick and Justin? This is Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Hey. What's going on? Doing good. Uh, just chilling. Saw that uh, you guys had this going on, and I figured I'd uh, jot down a couple of questions and uh, see if you felt like uh, getting your opinions in on this. Let's do it. All right. Did you see Survival of the Dead this weekend? Not in Atlanta. It didn't come out. I didn't, I didn't see it. Actually, it's coming out on um, HDNet um, this month. I'm going to watch it on my TV. I'm pretty yeah, excited. Yeah, I caught it on... Uh, I caught it on Amazon.com. They put it on DOD over the weekend, and I uh, did a $10 rental. And I watched yeah. it. I thought it was good. Yeah, the trailer looks... I think the trailer looks incredible. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it looks I gotta silly. Say it's, uh, in my opinion, I like it a little bit more than uh, Diary of the Dead, but uh, what do you guys think about George Romero right now? What do you think about his current uh, career and all that? Justin? Well, I'm I'm glad he's still making movies. I mean, what is he seventy now? I mean, he could be he could just be holed up in his house in Pennsylvania and not doing anything. So I'm happy he's still making, uh, uh, you know, horror films, zombie films. I mean, the, the genre kind of came back without him, it seems. So it's nice that he kind of got a, the benefit from that to come back as a filmmaker. I mean, he's a good filmmaker. He's smart. You know, he makes great movies usually. I didn't think too much of Diary, but I liked the idea of it. You know. Um, so I'm hoping that survival is better. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, the concept... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, finish up, man. It's all good. I was going to say the uh, concept of Diary got kind of, I don't know, thrown out the window by the uh, performances and the really uh, sketchy kind of way, but it, it still had its moments. It was definitely good. Survival kind of goes beyond that. I think survival is a little bit more theatrical and kind of a classic sense. It's, it's definitely a lot more approachable, and it's got some really good stuff. Because I yeah, like the yeah. fact that they that he snatched that character that had that one scene from scene from Diary, that kind of memorable scene when the military robs the main characters. He's kind of one of the main characters that that guy, which I think is interesting. It's kind of interesting tie-in. Um, yeah, he's a real, but yeah, looking, real anti-hero in the movie. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I, I'm a, I love Ramiro, and I, I do. I also love that he's making movies. I, I wish. I mean, I don't think he's benefited enough from the success of the zombie craze to really have any kind of, you know, budgets or anything like that. And I know that, you know, especially if he's doing, you know, like, Diary of the Dead, I just thought was a big mistake. Uh, and I, it, I wish you, I wish to have it stricken from the record, but I love Land of the Dead. I mean, I, I have no problems with that. And I, I, I rewatched that quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I like you know, Land of the Dead. Excuse me, Jess? I like Land as well. Land actually had kind of a budget to it, which is nice. It did, and it didn't do well, which is probably why he didn't get another budget after that. But yeah. um, 
I think he. I think the. I think he. Uh, he did a good job with that, and it had a good combination of stuff. And granted, it had too much. You know, it didn't have enough enough of the gore that people go for, and some of the some of the CGI bothered people. But he had the good grace to cast uh, Simon Baker in a leading role, and he got Robert Joy, which is Justin's favorite actor. Um, so, but uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I guess I, I'd prefer to watch it on the big screen, but I, I guess if the Amazon thing is available, that's that's a good good way to test it out. You can come to my house, so, Nick, and watch it HD. I'm in my house on the 26th. Does, wait, what, what, do we have to, do I have to do what I usually do when I come over there? Is it, or is That's a given. Let's just not hunting. Yeah, uh, what other, what other stuff, what other, what other stuff, Andrew, did you have written down? Because we could be translating. Um, yeah, it was just uh, a couple of ideas, but the next thing um, was now that, uh, you know, the George Romero, uh, what about John Carpenter and uh, his upcoming award? Uh, what do you guys think about the director, John well, Carpenter? Nick, are you talking, about a, you talking about a hacking cough? Did he win that award? He, no, no talking um, I'm talking about award. the movie. Or, yeah, the, 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 the asylum movie, the one that's uh, post-production, apparently. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he, he got a casting cue on that one. He somehow managed to get Amber Heard in his film. Uh, the daughter of John Hurd. Wow. Actually, but yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the star of the film. He also, someone else is in that as well. I'm excited that Carpenter is making movies still. Like, I wasn't too impressed with his uh, his work on the HBO horror series anthology. Oh, like Pro-Life? What was it called? That, uh, that one, Pro-Life, with uh, Ron Perlman and the devil? Yeah, I thought, I thought Pro-Life could probably be the worst thing he's ever done. Um, did he do two? I think he did two of those. He did two. I never saw Cigarette Burns. That was the other one. Right. Life is, uh, I thought, it was just awful. Just a terrible, terrible piece of shit. And um, even comparing it to Ghost of Mars, which, like, Ghost of Mars isn't really that good either, but at least it has some of those kind of carp- classic Carpenter themes in it classic Carpenter hero, even though it was played by, played by a cube. Um, I'm looking forward to, to the war just because it's Carpenter. I mean, I'll watch anything he does. I'm, I'm, I'm done with him. I'm done with the guy. Yeah, Nick is oh, off. Wow. He's, he's off. That's he's, he's done too much I good work. work for me to be completely gone. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I'm excited. To yeah, but the thing is, you know, it's like I don't, I don't want to go see Reggie Jackson play baseball right now. I mean, he's done. <laughs> I mean, John Carpenter hasn't made a good movie in what two and a half decades. But he hasn't really—he hasn't really been trying too hard. Well, that's really another worked. thing I don't respect about him. That's 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 part of the thing that bothers me about him. He hasn't been trying too hard. He hasn't been uh, aggressively creative, and he's done these—he's allowed these remakes to be made. He collects the check. He puts his name on it. He goes on the set for a couple of days. They're bad. And it's fine by him. It's just fine. I mean, here, so I'm, uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. You have, he got divorced from Adrian Barbeau, right? That t- sent him into a tailspin. I mean, she was beautiful. He's never recovered. Yeah, been, you know, come I on. Getting divorced from Adrian Barbeau would break anybody. Yeah. So Nick, I have give, to, him, I have, give him a break, my man. I, I gave him a break. I saw Ghost of Mars in the theater. That's all with you. Yeah. That was a fucking it's, nightmare. It's not, it's oh. not great, He's rare. I don't think he's done too many bad things. I, I really don't. I think he's most okay. of his stuff has been good. And Actually, it's not classic. He has. 
he's made, yeah, no, you're talking about the 70s and, and 80s, uh, at least the bulk of the 80s, the guy is infallible. Just about infallible. Even his mistakes are fine. But he, no, when he, in, Mouth of Madness was his last movie that's worth a damn, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Which one? In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, and that's, Mouth a, Madness. that's a fun one. That's a great film. I love it. I love it. I love it more and more each time I see it. It, it stars horror icon Sam Neill. Yes. Sam Neill okay. in the Mouth of Madness, Event Horizon, Daybreakers. Sam Neill just makes those roles. He, uh, in Daybreakers, by the way, I don't know if you've seen it, but he really puts on a very piecemeal performance. Very, uh, he just, he just, he, he's just very good at that movie, in that movie, I think. I think he's head and shoulders above everybody else. And at the end, um, he's really divided in which direction he should go, I think, with, with, with how he should end the character. Don't you think, Nick? I think I think, he, I think he scatters his performance all over the floor. He gets fucking destroyed. He almost gets okay. destroyed as much as Sarsgaard gets killed in the orphan. It's a comp- it's a competition to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, he hasn't made a good movie in a long ass time. He hasn't, but I, you have to be. I'm excited. At least I'm excited, Andrew. I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, yeah I, I can. Uh, I can definitely. Definitely see how, for a long time, you know, like the two and a half decades, he has been putting out work that isn't even, you know, good by regular standards or even compared to his old stuff like The Thing and They Live. I mean, these are classic films of the genre, but it's really hard to get behind John Carpenter right now because it's just, you know, it's, it might be crap, but I, I really hope not. Hey, he, was supposed to work with, um, he was supposed to work with Sage, and that, that fell through, unfortunately. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Justin. Yeah. If you're really excited about a new Carpenter film, I would like to hook you up with a copy of the new Playboy with Maud Adams in it. Because that'll you turn your world around. Are you kidding? Yeah. Who's Maud no, Adams? No, I'm comparing. I'm making a comparison. Like, nobody wants to see Maud Adams spread eagle today. I don't know about that. Not even Mr. Adams. Okay? Nobody Who's Maud Adams? Nobody. She's from Octopussy. Ah. How dare you not know who Maud Adams is? Um, I, nobody, wants I, I, to see, nobody wants Ron Ely to, swim, to swing around their gym. That's not true. Nobody wants to see... Arnold Palmer shot put anymore. It's just that's a lot. That's a lot. Carpenter is done. Well, he's it, actually he just finished the film. He's, he's post production on a movie called The War. Well, I hope I hope to eat my words, but it's not like it's not like he went into a twenty five year slump and is busting out of it now. Who else is in it besides Amber Heard? There you go. That's it. <laughs> a one-woman Just Amber Heard. Yeah. Amber Heard in an asylum, hour and a half. John Carpenter. Hey, uh, hey, Andrew, do you have any other delightful questions for us? Well, um, this one, I, I know. Um, I was looking around, and I saw that uh, Tommy Wiseau is going to be presenting the room at the plaza in your town. You guys going? Yep. Hell no, I'm not going. 
I, no, I'm not going to tell either. I, I've seen some of it on TV. Like, they showed some of it on Adult Swim. I feel like I've seen it. You know, I well, guess. Not only that. Yeah, not only that. I mean, the, he doesn't he doesn't deserve the attention he's gotten. You know, well, that's the big thing is the attention. It, you know, you've got, like, Patton Oswalt and David Cross and all these people supporting the film, and that seems like the only real interest. Other than that, it just looks like a steaming ball of shit. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's, kind of it's, it's the new Rocky Horror, basically, it seems like, kind of that kind of idea. I, I mean, I'm not against it. It's, you know, it's, that's nice for him, because he made a crazy, oddball, terrible film, apparently, but it's nice as kind of a joke. And people like it, and people are, have fun watching it. Nick hates it, that's okay. I hate it. I just don't know. To me, it's I'm no sure. different than, than, than 80% of these really bad DVDs uh, that were sent, you know, the amateur stuff that were sent. It's no different. The guy just had the tools to make a movie and did, even though discretion wasn't a part of the issue. And and uh, it's become a sensation for the wrong reasons. And, and he's, I don't, he's not in on the joke. I mean, he is now. He's taking advantage of the fact that it's just such a bad movie. But he wasn't in on the joke. It wasn't a preconceived type of thing. So, I mean, it's just kind of no, like, no, it's yeah. Just a, it's just a kind of, you know, a half. That's fine. You can't, you can't hate on too much. It's made a terrible like, film. Got life. It's okay. It's like it's like if a hooker has diarrhea on set and is captured on film, you know, and becomes a big viral video, and uh, you know, all of a sudden she's going around to diarrhea festivals promoting it. It's fucking stupid. Exactly like that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly like that. Yeah. It was an act. That is funny. Shouldn't count. Is there are there diarrhea festivals? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to that big one. San Diego in the summer. Yeah. And there's a couple in Germany and Finland. And yeah, hey, thank you for, uh, you know, taking the time to talk to me, So It's definitely oh, good to be on the uh, morning crew. Yeah, where is the 850? What area code? What part of town? Oh, it's uh, Destin. Uh, I'm calling you from here because the last time I talked to you was during the Oscars when I was out in Kaiserslautern, Germany. So you told me to give you a ring. Oh, oh do you goodness. live in Destin? Yeah, I live in Destin. This is the spot. I'm actually down here on uh, Scenic 98 right next to the Gulf. But there's a restaurant there that... I, I'm actually, I play golf in Destin. We're actually planning a trip right now to go back. But, um, oh, hell there's yeah. A restaurant, there's a restaurant there, and I know you know it. It's a famous... I think the word red is in the title or something like that. It's like a really... It's called, it's called Red Lobster. Have you heard of it? It's called Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Red Lobster. Is it the Red yeah. Lobster? I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's... They're really good joint, and I know that like some guys that used to play in James Brown's band play there all the time. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think so. Is it near the Commons or uh, around that area? I don't know. It's 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 like a little. There's a little district there where you, you basically park, and there's like a bunch of bars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really nice place. I forgot the name of it, but the food was awesome. So Are you going back? Yeah, we're coming back. We're either going to go there or Charleston, but my friend owns a house there. He's actually there now. He has a house there, um, and it's really beautiful, like four-story thing out there on the water. And we, uh, you know, they've got obviously great golf courses there. So we're probably going to go that go that way. And if if I know now that I know you're out there, we should you know definitely uh, one night afterwards. You know, we can you know talk about uh, you know Justin behind his back and talk about <laughs> the carpenter. And Andrew, didn't you, like, when you called before, didn't you meet somebody famous? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I met Nick Cave. And actually, since then, I met somebody who uh, 
Nick talked about, uh, you told me that you like the song Hungry Sally by Tito and Tarantula, and I actually got yes. a chance to meet Tito LaRiva in person. Wow. He told me about his role in the upcoming Machete uh, by Robert Rodriguez. Well, he produced and He just, uh, well, yeah, I, I got to talk to Tito LaRiva for a minute, and I'm just mentioning this because I know that you've uh, got a strong opinion on the films of Robert Rodriguez, right? Yeah, but Machete's not around. I mean, he's producing it, but that's that other guy, that's the protege of his or whatever that's directing it. But, yeah. Um, he didn't direct it? I thought he did direct it. I'm pretty sure he did not. I think he did. Okay, I mean, look, I, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't direct it. I might be wrong. I think that's how they got that big cast, was because he was directing it. No, he produced it, and it was made in his studio. It was directed by Ethan Maniqui. Right, right. Who is one of the Yeah, but, um... Guys. Regardless, I wanted to say you mentioned Hungry Sally. I've actually had a chance to listen to that track since I went and saw Tito Tarantula in Switzerland, and that's really, really good music. Yeah, that's a great CD. Actually, it was funny because like, I, I listened to them, and then I believe they were featured in one of his movies, whether it be Des- Desperado or Desperado. Desperado. It was funny because I recognized Tito immediately, and uh, you know that's good for him. By the, I mean, way, he's, by the way, guys, do you think that's his, you think that's his real name, Tito? Tito Lariva? Yeah. His nephew's name is Polo. Oh, I thought his last name was Tarantula. I was trying to make it sound awkward. Oof. All right. I don't Andrew, know how. I don't know how. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but let me participate. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks, I think that you met that guy. Have you met anybody famous? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, he's off. I, I hit. The, I hit the button. Hey, Destin, thanks for turning on the radio. <laughs> yep. So any other callers? This is one. No. We, have, we started a Facebook uh, group. Nick, Nick started a Facebook group for us. The Ted Show Facebook Yeah, it was funny because nobody, nobody was updating the MySpace page. So. Does MySpace exist? Terrible. Yeah, that was my, that was my baby. But the Facebook page is your baby, which is, which is good. Um, I guess yeah. it's, I guess it's, I guess we're all updated. But how many did you, you tell how many people we have followed so far over there? It's like seventy right now. Seventy one. <laughs> There'll be more because I just started. Okay. The, I mean, I haven't even started the hardcore promotion of it yet. I, mean, I haven't reached sure. out. This is the coming out party. Actually, this live broadcast listened to by forty or fifty people altogether. It's going to reach out. It's going to scream. It's going to scream through Facebook. They're going to have to buy new servers. I hope so. I'd like to yeah. get, capture all our 75 fans. So far, so good. They're up to 71. All right, I'm bringing somebody in from the 307 area code. Hello? Hello. Hello. Who's this? This is Greg from Wyoming again. Hello, Greg. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing excellent this fine morning. Um, Justin, I just yeah. wanted to say, uh, yeah, I'm a recovering 70s show addict. I mean, I watched I watched probably every episode a, a couple times at some point. You're my man. I love that show. I never realized it was good. I just always kind of slipped by it, and now it's in reruns. I like it. Well, you know, I don't know if it's good. It, it's good to, it's a good watch through if you're a fan. I mean, the performances are good. The writing is average, but 
Yeah, I don't know that I'll I ever really I agree with you. I think, I think the performance is probably better than the writing, but the writing isn't bad. Some of the situations, just the character dynamics, they kind of write themselves, I suppose. I think that's yeah. what happens in the later seasons. Who's your favorite anyway. character? Who's your favorite character? Oh, uh, you got to go with anybody but Topher Grace, I think. Um, anybody but Topher Grace? You don't like Topher Grace? He's a, he's all right, but he's definitely not this. He's not the shining comedic performance, or even for charisma. I don't think he's the best. Kerwood Smith definitely is hysterical. Um, it's funny because the people for that show have had pretty good careers afterwards. Um, and Topher Grace is about to be in Predators. We talked about that before. Uh, Mila Kunis is in all these movies now. Ashton Kutcher like an industry. Uh, yeah, That's so it's, it's interesting. All right, so I'm sorry. Did you? We don't need to talk about that subject so anymore. But I, I appreciate it. I got a witness. Uh, I figured I'd let you squirm for the entire show before I finally called in to either help you or throw us both under the bus. Yeah. But anyway, um, I was going to ask Nick. I know this might be kind of a off topic. I don't know, but. Um, since it started as a screenplay, maybe it's worth mentioning, but the book that you wrote with uh, Steve Alton, who mm-hmm. I've been a fan of for, I mean, I've been, I've been waiting for the Meg movie for literally half my lifetime, and I've read most, most of all his stuff, and uh, I'm interested to kind of hear about what the collaboration was like between... Okay, well, first let me kind of write straight forward. The Meg movie is, is going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. I mean, there's uh, constant, constant work being done to make that happen. Constant. Seriously. I mean, as much as, as it's kind of a running joke now, there will be a Meg movie. And uh, it may be sooner than later. Uh, as far as Grim Reaper goes, um, we, we, uh, Steve came to me like a few years ago, and he pitched me like, a, like this idea. It's kind of like a Grim Reaper as a serial killer kind of thing. And I was like, eh, too much stuff out there kind of like that. So we started talking, and it evolved into this really big thing, this big idea, kind of, you know, um, just, it's dark. It's, it's really dark, and it was really kind of uncompromising, which really put us in a bad place, because when we revisited the screenplay, after, you know, we went to Manhattan, and we kind of walked the whole city, and we, you know, did a lot of research and all that, and then when we finished the script, we were really happy with it, but it was like, whoa, nobody's going to make this. Nobody, this is just, you know, first of all, it's expensive. Secondly, it's really cruel, and with the Dante's Inferno, an apocalyptic type place. It just really didn't, you know. So we put it away for a while, and then, you know, when he did, he did the shell game, I don't, know if you've read, I don't know if you've read that book of his, but it's kind of like a really, it's a really aggressively political book, and it's got it's got him in some, some hot water, and it's gotten him a lot of new fans and all that. But it's uh, it was definitely as far away from the Meg books as you can get. So uh, when he was deciding what to do next, uh, is that the, is you know, it, let me real quick. Is that the book that? Um, the show game, is that the book about the shark that runs for president? No. Okay. No. You're thinking of the cartilage bogus gambit. Oh, okay. you're full of... No, but so he, um, so he wanted to do Grim Reaper. And uh, we have three stories in mind, so he basically you know, went to town. He did the bulk of the writing. As far as the collaboration goes, it's a Steve Alton book. It's just, uh, I mean, I, we, uh, we, we worked together on it a lot in terms of shaping it, and there's a lot of, you know, stuff that had to change. Uh, and especially in the, in the past 
year, because it's, it's been three years that this thing's been coming together, the last year has been really a point where we honed it from something that was still had some of the shell game kind of aggression into something a little bit more uh, mythic and, and, and larger. And uh, there, I think you're going to like it. It's, it's, uh, it. I think it's his best book in terms of, uh, I mean, writing of it. Uh, it's, it's, almost, it's almost his The Stand in some respects. Right. You get, you get what I'm saying? But um, there's, you know, it's, I'm anxious to see how people respond to it because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in it where your personal beliefs definitely will influence what, what you get from it and all of that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's been a great process. And actually, we're, I think we're, uh, we're going to have some other stuff to talk about soon, too. So, oh, good stuff, man. I'm glad, I know Steve will appreciate knowing that you're out there because uh, as far as people with their fans, I've never seen somebody that's quite as hands-on and, um, you know, a direct line of communication between them and their fans as he is with the stuff he does, yeah, the writing tip and all that. He sent me, uh, he sent me an autographed cover of The Trench when I was like in eighth, seventh or eighth grade, and I thought it was just the greatest thing that anyone had ever done for me pretty much. That's actually my favorite book in the Meg series. See, that, that is my least favorite book, maybe. The third one, and I know a lot of people don't like the third one, but I thought it was just very, I don't know, the situation, the whole the reality show angle, the the violence, I thought, the characters. A lot, a lot of vomiting. Steve likes to write a lot of, a lot of vomiting scenes. Is that the one yeah, where the shark runs for president? No, that's the other one. That's the one where the shark attacks a baseball game. What's the one? Where, what's the What's the one where the uh, the Grim Reaper is played by a shark? Is it the one you wrote, Nick? No, that's, you're thinking of Grim Deeper. Absurdity <laughs> runs uh, deep. Yeah, no. Primal Waters is my probably my least favorite because of the time the time jump that between books It's like it went from you know it's like all of a sudden Jonas is you know he's got a grown kid. But I did like Hell's Aquarium a lot, and I think that the last one. The one that the one that's coming is going to be just balls to the wall, like you know the stuff. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to make Michael Crichton spin in his grave and wish he was still alive. I think. Let me bring up a point that's kind of attached to Aquatic. Uh, what you guys watched the Piranha 3D trailer? Yep, it's great. I thought it was great too. It looks a lot of fun, like a lot of fun. But Richard Dreyfuss, I didn't know he was in it, and I guess that's a connection to Jaws. Does he does he get at or does he play like the same kind of character? What's going on? Does he yeah. reprise his great character from Jaws into this kind of shoddy-looking, cheesy 3D film that, that is going to be fun, I think? I think, I think it's maybe, probably going to get eaten away. Yeah. Maybe he'll actually bang Lorraine Gary in it. Or is Lorraine Gray, huh? I was forgetting. That's Gary. Okay. Is, is she in that movie? The, the, the Jaws movie? No. The no, Piranha, Piranha. Or, uh, yes, I, seen, I saw the first remake, actually, too. Oh, goodness. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for a major creature in the water movie. Even though it's directed by, you know... The did you see about and... Schmidt? Ah, yes, I did. I used, to keep, uh, I used to keep my stash in my about Schmidt case. <laughs> well, I appreciate you... I appreciate you calling in, my man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take this to the home stretch now, but I would definitely call back sometime soon. Excellent. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Good talking to you.
right, we have five minutes left in the show. And I think it's probably time since I promoted this as the Halo episode to talk a little bit about yeah, the Halo talk about it. Yeah, talk about that. Okay. Well, Justin, you're a huge Halo fan. Obviously, I am. We have a group of people that come over and we play a lot of Halo. And it's an exciting time whenever a new game comes out, right? Yep. And from what I've, from what I've seen, this definitely is a drastic change to the formula. Um. The, the, gra- the graphics are very good. The, the, it's a very smooth game. The engine is terrific. It still feels like Halo in terms of the, the speed and the, and the controls. And the most, they've changed some controls, but nothing we can't get used to. They changed them for three. But, um, the thing that sucks about beta is that you have to play with strangers. You have to play with all these people that have obviously played Halo during all the hours that we're you know, taking care of our families and earning a living and doing all that other stuff because... It's just a different thing, and then, and of course they're not. There's no sense of fun to it. Yeah. So there's there's that aspect, and there's these new there's this new feature. I mean, they have these things called loadouts, and I know you've seen it, you know, talked about. It's very similar to what they do in games like Battlefield, or whatever. To basically, you choose what kind of character you're going to be. So if you want to be somebody who's a stealth guy, they have the invisibility as an option. If you want to be a speedy guy, there's a running or jetpack, or you have this one guy who. It just basically become a, a, a shield for about you know half a minute or whatever. Yeah. And I'm wondering what it's going to do to the kind of gameplay that we have, to where it's fun and it's kind of like it's built around the nuances of of, uh, of using the environment and 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 the fun different weapon and vehicle choices. I see some of that going away. Yeah. But uh, I also see new possibilities in terms of like what we're able to do. Uh, basically, opportunities to laugh. I'm thinking about like throw school and stuff like that. We can, have, you know, there's there's a, there's a, a gun in there now that shoots sticky grenades. That you're actually, a little disappointed. You said you're a little disappointed. I was disappointed with the first out because because what I, I was hoping that I could just set up, um, you know, basically a, a party and have a small group of people just kind of get used to it. You know, run around and check, you know, check the maps out and you know, and get to know the new weapons and get to have fun with it and uh, not have to deal with the stupid capture the flag dynamic or the, you know, yeah. the, 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 the game type. I have no interest in that kind of stuff. I just want, you know, deathmatch and just, you know, to kind of get to familiar with the stuff. So for my purposes, the beta doesn't really do what I need it to do. It does sell me on the fact is it a that true, like, so, Is it a true sequel or is this, is this like an offshoot? It's a prequel. It's a prequel. Oh, okay. This but is, is it um, like... Yeah, okay. Well, not Bungie's, this is the last game that they're doing with, with Halo because they just signed a 10-year deal with Activision to do a new property that they're developing for all the platforms. So Microsoft okay. built a studio that's going to continue the Halo brand, but it's not going to be Bungie doing it. So there's always that fear factor, although the guy running the, the new division is an ex-Bungie guy. But, so I don't know. I think, I think the Bungie that we know... And love is this is the, this is the end of it. Okay. So, but uh, no, the, the good thing is that yeah, I played it again last night. I'm going to play it a little bit more today because they said some of the server stuff has been fixed. But I'm not thrilled with it. I just, uh, but I, I see I wasn't thrilled with the last beta. Yeah. I just think that you know it's Halo. See, the reason people bash Halo most of the time is they they haven't played Halo with us. They haven't played Halo the way that we do it. Yes, yeah. and it's you know we, we've bastardized it to some extent for our purposes, and I think it works great for what we do. 
But man, we are nothing compared to these kids that are playing. I mean, just. Oh no, we get. I get. I get my. I get my ass kicked regularly on online when I play. I used to play all the time. Uh, on live, I get my ass kicked all the time. Yeah. It's a different I'm world, too sir. I'm too old. Yeah, I can't get it. My movements aren't fast enough. I start crying really easily. You know. Your movements are never fast enough. I don't know. So, hey, real quick before we go, what, what have you heard about Iron Man 2? I've seen it tonight. Um, I, I've heard, you know, somewhat negative things, but, you know, I, I don't need too much to be satisfied with that one. Yeah. I'm looking forward so. to it. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Rockwell and Downey together. I hope that's good. I, I Rockwell, just signed on, Rockwell just signed on to do that new Favreau movie, that Cowboys and Aliens movie. Huh. Well, he, he he's another guy that does no wrong for the most part. I think so. So, when this hour this hour is up. So I appreciate you calling in, man. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we could talk we could talk about Breck Eisner next week. Excellent. All right, man. All right, man. Take take care. Thanks.